you feel sick again, just make sure you you take a lot of sleep in the morning and a lot of sleep when it's not right on bedtime. Okay, perfect. That's that is Tyler Farr's three-year-old daughter, Olivia. We had the conversation last pod, Donna, about Tyler's big weekend out in Nashville. And that's his daughter, uh, actually, from his Instagram feed, giving daddy some advice after big nights out. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. I'm Preston Thompson. Caddy calls me PT. I'm the producer of the My Second Act podcast, a failed music major from the University of Alabama and the show's resident millennial. It's a little more energy. We'll got a little, we're going to work on it. It's a little PT's more. PT's back from vacation. You guys start and... recording after lunch, you're going to get a whole different me. <laughs> I'll tell you that. All right. Well, uh, my name's Don. I'm Caddy's wife, and I love nachos. I have determined this. And like... I know this sounds crazy and like really trivial to those of you listening, but you know this, that I am constantly in search of nachos. And like our friends, Tug and Laura, every time we go out, Laura gets into this with me because she loves nachos too. So every time we're like trying to figure out where to eat, I'm like, let's just get some nachos. And everybody's like, what is the deal with the nachos? But I'm obsessed, obsessed. You know this. And like you kind of poo-poo my nacho thing. Like you're like, oh, enough with the nachos. But then when we got the nachos, the last place, you were like, now these are some good nachos. Every now and then I enjoy nachos. Yes. I, I don't seek them out necessarily oh, I do. like you do at I, all hours of the day. Oh, night. my God. All the time. I'm like, do you want, it'll be like nine o'clock at night. We will have just eaten. I'm like, you want to go to Taco Bell and get some nachos? No. And if I'm going to eat nachos, Taco Bell would probably be the last place that I get them. Let me tell you what happened to me at the Taco Bell the other day. Because I am... When I was pregnant, I ate so much Taco Bell. Here comes your e-stamp, top of the show, PT. Yeah. Tells me. No, when I was pregnant, I ate so much Taco Bell. Like, I'm surprised I wasn't, like, speaking Spanish constantly because that's all I ate. But then <laughs> I, the other night, I'm like, hmm, I was coming in from work and I'm like, I'm hungry, Taco Bell. So I got in line and there was so many cars, there were so many cars in line that, okay, so I was like the fourth car and then there were like five cars behind me. I don't know what was going on at the Taco Bell that night. And there was like six cars in front of me. And at one point, like, because when there's too much time to consider Taco Bell, you're like, eh, I really don't need this. I really, really don't at nine o'clock at night. So I had like this moment of clarity and I'm like, I don't need this Taco Bell. But guess what? I was stuck. You couldn't back out. I couldn't back up. I couldn't go forward. I couldn't do anything. And I'm like, and then I started getting mad, mad at myself. And then I was mad at the Taco Bell. I'm like, what's taking so long? I don't want Taco Bell anymore. I got to get out of here. And I had like a full-blown mini like panic attack. So I started going forward, backwards, sideways. And the guy behind me was like, beep, beep, beep. And the person in front of me is like, lady, you're going to hit me. And so I just kept, I stayed with it and I got the. How, how were they? How were, how were the notches? They weren't good. But I'll tell you what is fantabulous at the Taco Bell okay. is one of those blue Mountain Dew. I don't drink Mountain Dew, but like this blue Mountain Dew misty type thing. Baja Blast. Baja Blast. There you go, PT. And what you pair it with is a double order. Hey, you, yeah. You're pairing things at Taco Bell like you're at the Painted Horse Winery in yeah. Milton. You talk to their resident sommelier. Yeah, at the Taco Bell drive-thru. Uh, Greg. So anyway, and what you pair that Baja Blast with is a double order of cinnamon twists because there's right. nothing better. And that like that um, that sugary stuff gets all over your shirt and in your car and you just don't care. You're like, I'm living out of my car right now. Like, I don't even know what's going on with me. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I don't know what to say. What? I don't know what to say. <laughs> do you not get to the Taco Bell all the time? I don't time? go to Taco Bell. I've been to Taco Bell maybe three times in my life, and two of them were in college. We had one in our food court. 
Oh my God, I'm obsessed with At Taco Western Bell. Carolina University. Go Cats. If I could get an endorsement at Taco Bell, like yeah. if there's anybody well, listening who works for Taco Bell, I'm your woman. Because I don't look like a normal Taco Bell customer, so I think I could elevate the experience. There we go. As we scroll through our social media feeds, we're seeing photos of the first day of school. Why was this not a thing when we were kids? Have you seen the ones where the kids hold up the chalkboard? Yes. And it, so you see, Donna's like, yes, like excitement. I'm like, or they recreate they the, like, yuck, they hold up the chalkboard. Well, or they recreate like their first, first day picture and they're like seniors and they're like, it's all awkward, but they, the, the parents like the parents make them like, you know, pose the same way. We didn't have social media. I mean, our parents didn't do that. Well, I know we didn't have social media, but we had, did we have cameras. Well, yeah, but I mean, our parents, it just wasn't, our parents were busy. They weren't like all about like social media and the internet. They were doing things. They were, our moms were baking cakes, smoking cigarettes, hosting bridge club. You know what I mean? They didn't have time to be like photographing their kids on the front stoop. First of all, we probably didn't even have a front stoop. You know what I mean? It's not the same. With like a little flag in the back. Here in Atlanta this week, it's a big back to school week. Uh, our rising senior in high school goes back in five days. And Charlotte. She? I mean, I really yeah. don't know when school goes back. I think back. it's like next Tuesday. We'll have to check. But Okay. Uh, and then Charlotte, our rising sophomore, goes back a couple of days Wednesday. before, later. Wednesday uh, we, after. We need to look at a calendar, I guess. Yeah. But it's that time of the year when, when your commute is going to suck again after you had a little reprieve during the summer. And um, it's just uh, it's a time, if you have a, a rising senior like we do, when you just feel like you're behind the eight ball. Well, I think, and I think all parents do. I was talking to someone the other day and with, you know, going through the pandemic and everybody doing virtual school and everything, I think school, it's almost like you've forgotten how to do it. Like, and that sounds crazy, but I got a note from, I got an email from, you know, the um, Fulton County lunch thing. It's time to reload your lunch cart. I'm like, what? Like, what's that? You know, like you're, oh, I mean, I've been doing this for like three kids for like 16 years you think I would know but I'm like what are they talking about and then like oh you know this one's got to get their Chromebook or and Olivia her senior parking I'm like hello did we get you parking because I paid for parking two years in a row and it wasn't used and it wasn't used Olivia has not stepped foot in a classroom in a year and a half it's crazy school back to I mean clothes back to school clothes like all of this stuff is coming in for me though I'm feeling really oh nostalgic and you know like my mama heart's hurting a little bit because this is olivia's last first day of school i mean i guess she'll have a first day in college but i don't think i can get her to pose i probably can't even get her to pose this time as a senior but it's like if you have a senior it just feels so heavy and i know this because i've done it with will we've done it with will it goes so quick and what the year becomes about is have you gotten senior portraits done? Have you gone on college visits? Have you done your ACT prep? Have you gotten your cap and gown? You know, all this stuff. And it's like the last year is just a blur because it's this race in a way as parents to get all these things checked off. But then as a parent, you're also like, you just want time to stop because it's the last and final year. And it just, I just don't know how we got here. Oh, I don't even talk about it. it makes me start. Oh, it makes me start crying. I just, I, I don't understand how well, I think, well, I, she's I, a senior. I, well, the pandemic threw a lot off the rails, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just not a normal high school experience for, uh, last year's graduating class. You could even argue half of the graduating class before that. And, and, and Libya's class now, 2022, 
and it's just um, well, it's a mess. And I was like, after last year and everything that happened, I was like, okay, thank goodness. And I know a lot of people listening did, and I feel so bad for you. But I was like, thank goodness we didn't have that with Will when he graduated. We were able, well, I mean, that was a year. But I mean, you know, we were able to kind of enjoy him graduating live. You know what I mean? And I kept thinking, oh, we're not going to have that with Olivia because by the time she gets in school this year, everything will be fine. And I also feel this kind of dark cloud looming of, is it going to be fine? Or are they going to go back to virtual? Mm. I don't know. It's just everything feels like heavy around that that topic right now. I don't know. I had a conversation with Olivia, our senior. And I said to her, because I think that she has, and it's not just Olivia, it's everybody that, that's in this lane, you know, of, of graduating for the past two years or for the next two years. And I said, you know, I, I want to do more in the next year than I have in the last 17. Oh, my mascara is going to Because I, 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 as a dad, I do, I carry lots oh. of guilt right now as we move into the final year. And I, I wonder if I was oh. as, as involved as, as I should have been. Could I have uh, been more involved? Could I have done more? And I don't know. That says something that I've been wrestling with in my mind and, and, and carry a good bit oh. of guilt right now about oh. because I just don't know that I was as good a dad Yes, you were. As yes. I, I, I don't know. You have as, to, and that's what I've been telling been. a lot of parents. You have to give yourself grace. Listen, you you do the best that you can do in each moment in your life. And sometimes you're busier and sometimes you're not busier. And I think about for you, you know, you had all this time to like carpool and take kids because you had a really strange schedule. You know, most dads and I think our kids got so we, you know, I, I, you say that a lot. And this is just not to make you feel better. This is to make any dad out there or mom like it's okay. Like, you know, our ki- your kids get used to whatever your schedule is. And you are around more than, ma- I mean, we used to say to our kids, sometimes like, you know, when you're trying to like make yourself feel better, you're like, what other dad is home at one in the afternoon? You know what I mean? <laughs> because lots of dads have to work like third shifts or, or attorneys or they travel and they're working until 10 o'clock at night and, you know, billing hours and all this stuff. So yes, you, di- you did fine. The, the one thing I would say and I've said this before, I used to hate when old crotchety women would give me advice when I was younger and had kids. I'd be like, get out of here. You know, you don't know what I'm dealing with. But just do do everything you can. And that sounds crazy. Whatever you can. I've said this before. Like, if you're a working mom, I was a working mom. I was a stay-at-home mom. I was a part-time mom. I was a full-time mom. There, but I always, like, volunteered to be the team mom. Or I went on every field trip. And, yes, I may have had to run over in the corner of Publix and take two phone calls from my boss who was looking for me but just do as much as you can whatever that means for you and and I've also said before if you're going to volunteer at school if you're like a, a new parent and your kids are younger volunteer where they can see you you know don't worry about being the ways and means member at PTA and hanging out with your friends in the PTA meetings you know go into the classroom and I don't even know if they copy papers anymore, but they used to. I used to have to do that. Or do a bulletin board so that your kids see you. And not only do you volunteer in the school, but you get to see your kids during the day. And if you can only give 10 minutes, give 10 minutes. It's okay. You know, I think as parents, we're just so hard on ourselves. And it takes a lot. It's a machine to keep kids running and things going. You have to work. It's okay. Do you think that the the students, the young adults, the seniors also put enormous pressure on themselves? Absolutely. I know we've talked about this before, and we went through this with Will. If you have a senior, it's a very tough time. I've told Olivia, you know, she has not made a decision 
on where she wants to go to school yet. And she shouldn't have because we, we, we're just starting the process and going and see things. And, you know, when people say, oh, are you behind? I'm not. No, I'm running my own race. You are, too, if you're listening. And you know what? If you have a kid that you know is not bound for college, it's OK to support them and say, OK, let's look at other options. What do you want to do? Do you want to do technical school? Do you want to learn a trade? These kids walk into the senior year and everybody's like, this is where I'm going and I've already got this. And da, 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 da. And you know, it's a lot of pressure. I've said this before. I know for Will, he went on a trip, a senior trip with some friends. And while this doesn't seem like a big deal, I know it was a big deal to him. Everybody, the parents had decided they were going to take like a picture of all the kids. And they wanted them to wear the shirt for the school they were going to. Well, he didn't know where he was going. And I think that that gave him a lot of anxiety, a very small thing in certain people's eyes. But in kids' eyes, it's like everybody else knows what they're going to do in life. Everybody knows where they're going. I don't. You know, so I, I just I've been there with we've been there with Will kind of walking through it a little bit with Olivia, although she's she's she'll be fine. But I mean, there's just a lot of pressure on these kids. And I think sometimes in we're we're guilty of this. We think because we can send her to the grocery store and she can maneuver a grocery list and you know which helps. Which helps yeah. pick up her sister somewhere that she's an adult. She's not. You know, they're they're still they're still uh cooking. Will is our 22-year-old son who uh, lives in Knoxville, went to coastal Georgia for a blink and uh didn't do well. Did no. just didn't didn't like the experience no and came back home and and now does hvac and and does very well in Knoxville, and he Tennessee. loves it and and you know what we've said this before but i think this is important to know we knew college wasn't for will right and i don't want to say that's why you know because there's nothing wrong with coastal georgia um but we knew it wasn't for him so we could have sent him to an out-of-state school and paid a ton of money and all that stuff. But the one thing that you and I talked about is we didn't forever want him to say, y'all just didn't think I could make it in college. You know, we didn't want to say to him, eh, we don't know if this is the right path. We wanted to let him go and come to terms with it on his own, if that makes sense. Instead of us pulling the plug and saying, you know what, we're not paying for college because you really didn't apply yourself in high school and we don't think that you want to go. And, and, I will say, I think one of the biggest moments that he will later say in life was when he came home from college. And it took a lot because, I mean, there were some it wasn't all it was a bumpy road getting there. Well, on a bumpy road while there. Absolutely. <laughs> but when he finally came home and we knew what was coming. But I mean, to hear him try to like verbalize that and say, you know what, this isn't for me. We were like and I think what he thought was going to be the response wasn't what we both said as we looked at each welcome other home. and we're like fantastic Glad welcome home thank you for finally coming to terms with what you kind of want to do with your life i remember we went down like two weeks after we moved into the dorms uh coastal georgia is in brunswick on the coast obviously georgia and he was wearing a sweatshirt that said it's like two weeks three weeks after he moved in um i go to college where you vacation and i thought mm. this ain't gonna go well and then a lot of pictures of him with the uh what are those Driftwood pieces they have there and oh yeah, Driftwood. Drift, he was on Driftwood Beach or, a lot. Yes. Yeah, that was, like yeah. during the day, like at noon, with friends drinking beer. Well, and, and I've told the story, but I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, I would have been too, by the way. Me too. Well, we didn't college. I'll never forget. We went to move him out, and <laughs> one of the big things was you had to have your you had to turn in your student ID, you know, to get your 
deposit back or whatever. And he's like, uh, of course, I don't know where my student ID is. I don't know. And I'm just sitting there thinking, hmm. And he goes, where do you, where do you, cause of course I'm, as we've talked about before, I'm the keeper of the keys, even though I haven't lived with this child, you know, for a year, he's like, where do you think it could be Donna? I said, well, listen, based on my location app, it's at Bubba Garcia's. That's where it is. Cause that's where you are every freaking night. You're at Bubba Garcia's. So let's go there and scout around Start on the there. floor and see what we can find. You know, I don't think it matters where you stand politically or where you stand uh, your thoughts your beliefs on COVID-19 and the pandemic don't matter it doesn't matter to me where you are mentally but I I am going to go out here and say that it has to be on your radar right now the possibility that there could be a second wave and maybe even a second wave that is quite stronger than the first wave takes more people down again doesn't matter where you stand, where your thoughts are, it has to be on your radar a little bit. This week, New York City became the first city in the United States to say, we are going to require proof of vaccination for anyone that decides to participate in indoor activities, and that includes dining at restaurants, working out at gyms, attending performances, say on Broadway. The mandate also applies to workers at those places. Will other cities follow suit? Probably so. Why is New York the one city that always seems to lead the charge with stuff like this? Probably because it is the biggest city in the United States. Um, I wanted to pull in PT, Preston Thompson, who is the producer of the Mind Second Act podcast, because Preston uh, always has a great perspective on everything. But Preston is very, very involved <laughs> in uh, politics, and you host the George Politics podcast, part of the App and Media Group and Apple Podcast Network. And you and I were going back and forth, Preston PT, during uh, yesterday, uh, mm -hmm. going back and forth via text. And I said, hey, man, I just sent you a screen grab from the New York Times or something. And I said, what's your take on this? And you sent back um, a very interesting take and perspective. And I said, you know what? Be prepared to uh, to join us tomorrow when we talk about this uh, this this mandate, for fact, this vaccination mandate for everybody in the city of New York. Well, I don't like it when people skip steps. When local governments seem to like go all the way to the last resort without trying everything before you get there, there seems to be a happy medium for me, uh, from my you know political perspective here. That you know mask mandates are huge bummers for people in this city, Atlanta, because for people like me, I've gotten the shot. I kind of thought I wouldn't have to do that anymore. So the happy medium to me is I show proof of vaccination or I have to wear a mask. That doesn't keep me from going into a place if I've made a personal decision not to get the vaccine. But it does make me do the bare minimum to respect the people around me. Now, I will say, making those decisions for private businesses, private restaurants, private bars is tricky for me. New York City has a lot of property, they have a lot of public space, they have a lot of like what I would call like public good, public commodity, like public schools. You get the measles vaccine before you go into a public school. I think making that decision for a private place is a little tough and this is you know i've been called a socialist before but that's kind of a tricky thing in my life so i don't know but it's really just try everything before you get to that last possible resort and also we aren't super prepared to have you know what you'd call like vaccine passports boy boy would it be great if you had like a little thing on your phone or something like that yeah. yeah but instead you have this card that i'm sure people have lost I don't really know where mine is. I think my wife does, but I have no idea where it is. But like, we weren't really prepared from that from the get go. So implementing that retroactively is going to be 
pretty tough. But I'm optimistic about it. Donna. I 100% agree with you. I, you know, I, I've been vaccinated. I have my card. I have it. It's kind of getting like tattered. And you know what I mean? And I'm like. And you're not supposed to laminate it. Either. You're not supposed to laminate it. And <laughs> Is that because if you get boosters. They need to be forward? able to yeah. ride on okay. it again. Exactly. Yeah. They need to ride again. And I agree with you. I, I was the main reason before anybody comes, you know, and I know people have such strong opinions on this, but the reason, the main reason I got vaccinated was because I have a, an 88 year old mother and I, I knew that in order to continue to be able to see her as this progressed, I was going to have to have that done also to travel um, and do things. I will say this. I think this is the biggest issue that, um, corporate America and small businesses are going to have to grapple with is how do you mandate who can come back into the office, who can't, whether you, again, mandate that your employees have to be vaccinated or not. Um, it, it's just it's it's just mired with problems, even going to an event. And, you know, you talk about Broadway. You know, one of my other jobs is I sell for Playbill here in Atlanta for all of the arts venues. Have you ever been to the Fox Theater? I mean, everyone has, like at a, at a busy Broadway show. Now you're asking people, who, who who's showing those cards? Who, who's checking those cards? Are they matching it with your name? This is a huge ask. And I think the biggest thing you hit on is that roll this back 10 steps, it, it wasn't well thought out in the beginning. I got my shot at a church. God bless these people. They were kind of like volunteer people. You know, they gave me my card. I was like, what do I do with this? Honestly, until someone told me later that I really need to hold on to the card, I assumed that I was in like some national computer database. I really didn't understand how important that card was. And you're right. I'm sure just like clear to travel and that kind of stuff. Eventually, there will be a company who will take over probably Microsoft or someone who, um, you know, all that information will reside, but it's kind of a mess right now. It's kind of a mess. Are you willing to give up your job because you refuse to get vaccinated and your employer is saying to come back to work, all employees must be fully vaccinated? And that's happening at so many different places. I saw yesterday the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the AJC, our, our only paper, huge paper in America, uh, announced uh, this week that in order to come back, in order to come into the building, come into the office, to run the presses or do whatever your, your duty is for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you must show proof of vaccination. And they're, they're, the, the, all of these, many, not all, many of these companies, many more than not, are falling into that same uh, uh, category of mandating vaccinations. Are you willing, if you have a job right now, maybe you have a great job, do you feel so strongly about not getting vaccinated that you would be willing to lose your job? Well, but the other thing is then does that open up lawsuits for, you know, again, have, have you asked these people in the past when they come to work if they're vaccinated for the flu, for, for the measles, mm-hmm. for, you know, I mean, yes, school I think is a little is a little different because you do have to have an immunization record to go in. And I also think what's happening is people are like, I'm not anti-vaxxer. I'm not, this really doesn't come down to a, people are talking about vaxxers versus anti-vaxxers. It's really not that. It's, it's a different issue. I I don't think this is the same as deciding not to vaccinate, to being an anti-vaxxer. I think it's a different issue. You're not getting vaccinated. You're not choosing to not get vaccinated. I don't think because you're overall an anti-vaxxer. You've probably gotten a flu shot. Maybe there's something about this particular shot 
that people are either willing to get it or they're not. It's not the same as getting a flu shot or a measles shot. People are very, they're very polarized. They're on, you know, different sides of the coin. I will tell you, though, it is starting. Like at the Apple store the other day, masks are required. The kiosks are going back out. You know, it's, and, and I, I think this too, I was telling you this. Somebody said to me, why do you think that, you know, the numbers are rising so quickly with the variant? And I think a lot of it is the first round, because it was kind of, and I hate to say new, the pandemic, people were like, if you came into contact with someone that you thought potentially had COVID, you did the right protocol. You went home and you're like, I'm staying home for 14 Shut days. Shut yeah. your doors, get in days. your bed. Yeah. And, you know, you, you probably were a little bit like, hey, I get to tell my employer that I'm going to come in for 14 days. Now, people are so fatigued with the whole situation that I believe if if you, if people come into contact with someone, unless they start exhibiting symptoms, they're like, listen, I'm going on about my life. He's I can't do this yep. again. I'm not going to say it. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone if my kid potentially came into contact with someone who had COVID, unless they start showing symptoms, um, they got to go to school. That we, it's And it's almost just like people, and this sounds crazy, but people have just had it. They've had enough. So the test case around this that I've been fascinated by is the Minnesota Vikings NFL team fired an assistant coach for refusing to get vaccinated. And the stated reason uh, from the organization was not the refusal to get vaccinated. It's that by refusing to get vaccinated, they're risking suspension based on an outbreak, which now in the NFL is an automatic loss. If you have a COVID outbreak on your team, you just lose. Doesn't like get pushed down to the end of the year. You just lose. So you wonder back to your what you were saying, Caddy, about individual businesses. Is it not that you won't get vaccinated, but you're putting the efficiency of the business at risk or you're putting like the output of the business at risk it's not so much about sickness and health even though it probably should be but it's more yeah it's more about the bottom line and i think that's a place where we have always allowed individual companies to make up their own decisions and i think you know back to this new york times story in new york city if bars think as an individual business that requiring vaccines will make the people coming in feel more safe and they'll be more likely to come that's a bottom line question now now we can get more customers by people believing it's safe to come out of their apartment to come see us so that's a bottom line question it's not really a public health question anymore very true well that's but where are the people going to go that don't want to get vaccinated to drink well that's why i'm saying i think it should be individual In business decision and also like <laughs> i think they should be able to go where they want but they have to wear a mask that's me i think you have to have a certain standard of taking care of the people around you and if it was if it was so easy to be black and white then you could mitigate it but that's the problem right is who st- now does this doorman like does big mo at the front door you know in athens does he have to not only does he have to check ids he has to check vaccination cards yeah. i mean like that's where it comes into play is like who <laughs> mitigates all this stuff it's crazy we have done a horrible job this summer with eating at home and it felt good Tuesday night to have everybody at home, to have everybody at the dinner table at seven o'clock. Uh, if you have listened to even just two or three podcasts in, in, in our library, you know that dinner time uh, to me as a child was always seven o'clock and it was always a highlight of the day, a big, big part of the day. And I think that through the years and through the decades, everybody's kind of gotten away from that at our house. And it's so it's nearly impossible to do during the summer. But as we, we settle back into a new school year and a new school year routine, we're able to enjoy dinner together. And it's, it's where you gather, Don, and you talk about your day and you share your highs and you share your lows and uh, you, you, you have a, a 
great dinner, great conversation. Yeah, and I, I will say we were talking earlier about parenting and parent fails and parent successes. That's one thing I think we have done well. Now we eat out, we definitely eat out much. a lot, but we have never eaten on TV trays. We have never allowed our kids to one to eat here, one to eat there. And, you know, for us to sit as a couple and, and like, you know, at the dining table, we, we, when we eat at home, we gather around the table. If that's something that you want to make a priority for your family this year, let Dinner Affair help you with that. You know, I think part of it is when you're a mom or a dad, whoever's in charge of cooking, it's all this stress of what am I going to cook? Are they going to like it? You know, and then you're working so hard to get dinner on the table and everybody else is sitting around and, and you just want to sit and enjoy your meal and eat. And that's what Dinner Affair gives you back. Um, make the meal as a family. Get your kids involved. There's three at the most, three, four easy steps. And then you've got dinner on the table. Involve them. Listen, some of the meals that you get, the, the steps are this. Preheat oven to 350. Put dinner in oven for 25 minutes till the cheese bubbles pull it out and serve. I mean, some of them are that simple. All of them are simple. Many are that simple. I got... Uh, a message from Pamela. Pamela is a pod peep and she lives in Indianapolis and she wrote, I split my time up between homes. Am I able to change the shipping address to accommodate or would I need to suspend service? Also, is this an auto ship service or order as you wish service? Thank you, Pamela. Here's the thing about dinner affair. There is no contract. It's hundred percent guaranteed. Uh, Pamela and I got back with her, of course, and she ordered and she said, we, we absolutely love it. It's not an auto ship thing. It's not like it's your meals are just going to appear on your, your front porch every month. You have to trigger <laughs> Your, your, your order to dinner affair, okay? So it's not an auto ship deal at all. Uh, you order as you wish. And I know that a lot of people, Donna, went on hiatus during the summer and they hit pause on dinner affair because they're just not home to cook. And now they're back as the new school year starts. And yes, Pamela, you are able to change the shipping address to accommodate, um, you know, wherever you may be. You don't yeah, have to, you you don't have to suspend entirely. Again, yeah. uh, dinner affair, dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com, dinneraffair.com. If you are a first-time customer, $30 off your first order. The promo code is caddy2021 at dinneraffair.com. We have a small ask of you. Three things, if you would. Number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, invite and encourage three people in your circle or complete strangers to enjoy the podcast. And number three, uh, it's free because of the sponsors. Gallery Furniture in Gainesville, Dinner Affair, the Paramount Hotel Group, including Home Two Suites by Hilton, Hampton Inn by Hilton, and Town Place Suites by Marriott. Promotional consideration from Brent Scarborough and Company, 100% employee-owned. Our people, our integrity, our excellence, our safety. Excited to have Brent. Fantastic. All right. This is a 28-page run of show today. Okay, we got to get, get going. Uh, let's add two songs to the Caddy and Donna or Donna and Caddy Spotify hype song playlist. I am adding Jordan Davis. Take it from me. Take it from me. You can leave a T-shirt hanging, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That one. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Um, you've hung out with him before, right? Jordan's a great guy. He, he came out with um, his first song was Single You Up. Love that song. If he ever singles you up, da, 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 and he played a show at uh, somewhere, I think, uh, I think it was, um, yeah, somewhere in Emmer, uh, down, uh, it was actually Eddie's Attic. Mm -hmm. <coughs> it was. Now I'm going to tell you something. We had a singles you up party. Yes. For the ladies. I, I had a guy one time tell me um, if I ever got singled up and I was like, what does that mean? And I swear it was before the song came out. He's like, if you ever get singled up, you let me know. I'm like, what does that mean? Who, who was this man? Some young person who wanted to get with an older lady. Anyway, let's go ahead. So, I like Jordan Davis. Take it from me. That's a good one. Okay, you're up. 30 years ago this week, her debut single hit number one. 1991, She's in Love with a Boy, Trisha Yearwood. Oh, I love this song. Katie and Tommy. Don't we all love Katie God, and Tommy? God, I love Katie and Tommy. They're running around town holding hands and hopping in the backseat of Buicks. Yes. Katie's father says, no, 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 mm -hmm. not my Katie. And they come home late after a date and Katie's daddy goes for Tommy and Katie's mama steps in. She says, listen, we were Katie and Tommy. 
We were in the back of a Buick. Yes, right. Behind the gas station at one point. Then uh, she married him away, and Katie and do the same with Tommy one day. And then you know what happened to old Katie and Tommy? Uh, divorce. Well, they got underneath the Texaco sign, and he's a walkaway Joe. All right. String all of Trisha's hits together. <laughs> That's right. One. That's exactly right. That's a great one, though. That's one of her best songs. Search uh, on Spotify, Caddy and Donna, or Donna and Caddy. Hype song playlist. It'll pop right up. The number one country song in America this week is a song that I added to the Hype Song playlist a few episodes ago. Drinking Beer, Talking God Amen, which is a song by Chase Rice, and he's joined by Florida Georgia Line. This is Chase's second number one. Um, I Got My Eyes on You. Very good. Was his first. Uh, this Monday, a new season of the Ben Burnett Show launches, and Georgia songwriter Corey Crowder, who wrote that song, is the guest. And Ben is a really good friend of ours. Uh, and he invited me to guest host on episode one with Corey. And um, it's going to hit this Monday. So check that out. Yeah. And he's written a ton of stuff. He 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 is one of those people that gets mailbox money. Millions of dollars every year. Yes. Uh, wrote every number one hit for Chris Young, including I'm Coming Over. Uh, minimum Wage. Uh, last week, Corey Crowder had three songs in the top 20. I know. On the country chart. Money, money, money. Uh, minimum Wage from Blake Shelton. Uh, Famous Friends from Kane Brown and Chris Young, which just hit number one two weeks ago. Uh, he, he shared Ben. Uh, ben and I, it was, it was a great conversation. It was a great visit. I learned a lot about Corey and about songwriting. And he shared some really interesting stories, uh, particularly about Minimum Wage, which is a song from Blake Shelton that's hot right now. Remember when the song hit back around New Year's? I think he performed it on the NBC New Year's Eve show. Yeah, and he got some flack. There was a lot of backlash yeah. about it because Blake doesn't know. He makes millions of dollars, billions of dollars. He doesn't know anything about Minimum Wage, working for Minimum Wage. Shame on you, Blake. People assumed that this song was current, that it was just written. Uh, not the case. Corey tells a story about when he wrote that song, and it was actually years ago. So all of this slap bang. Listen, I love to slap Blake around as well, more than any other country artist uh, in, in the history of the format. But the story that Corey shares proves that all of that backlash was unnecessary because the song was written years ago. Well, and isn't it fascinating that like the songwriter, like whoever performs the song gets the heat. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, not the yeah, it's like, true. Yeah, like, why did you put that in there? You know, I'll never forget, uh, you know, what's the Tim McGraw song, um, you know, with the red Corvette and what, uh, red, 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 red top. Red top. That, yeah, that caused so much flack when that song came out in country radio. Well, people don't listen. No. And, and if you, yeah, exactly. And, but, but he, but like Tim McGraw took so much heat. Oh, Tim McGraw believes in abortion. Tim McGraw, this, he didn't write the song. Remember Girl Crush from Little Big Town when Absolutely. it came out? And radio, there were radio stations. There were old farts that ran radio stations that just didn't listen to the effing song. And they refused to play it. Because they that, thought it was about two girls. Lesbianism. Yes, lesbianism. Them lesbians. Yes. We're not playing that song on my radio station here. Yes. In Choctaw, Kentucky. Oklahoma, wherever Choctaw is. No, we're not uh, having any that. Just, dude, sit down, old man. That's not what the song is about. Listen to the lyrics. And it became the biggest hit. Like, that's their signature song. And it was the same with Red Rack Top. If you exactly. listen to the lyrics, yes, hello. The Ben Burnett Show, another superior product of the Avid Podcast Network, where we record uh, twice a week, the My Second Act Podcast uh, in uh, Alpharetta, about 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta. I love all these, like, things you're getting in. It's product, called cross-promotion, Seriously, product placement, and I'm in. The Ben Burnett Show, available everywhere. You land your pods. So, that's that. But it's, it was a great fit. I, 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 Corey Crowder was Tyler Hubbard's youth minister. Tyler from Florida, Georgia Line back in the day. Because Tyler's also from the Atlanta area. Yeah, fascinating. Can you imagine 
being Tyler Hubbard's youth minister and the, the counseling that you had to do? No, he's 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 Corey very had to do. He's very faithful, very faithful. Okay, um, if you are listening on Upload Day, August the fifth, My Dirt Road Diary premieres tomorrow on IMDb TV. I cannot wait for this. What is IMDb TV? You ask because I had the same question. Um, it's a it's a, a streaming service video channel that I think um, Amazon is is the uh, like the parent company. How do we watch this? Uh, Google it. Google okay. how do I how do I get IMDb TV? I'll include a link in the letter this weekend. Um, they have decided they're going to drop all five episodes of Luke's docu series. Um. Uh, on the 6th, tomorrow, if you're listening on Upload Day. So you can binge it like a Netflix series. Okay, which begs the question, why on this channel, though? Why not Netflix? Why not? CMT. CMT. I, I had the same question. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't imagine that there were not other avenues or other other uh, companies that wanted to land this series from, from Luke Bryan. But I don't know what the, uh, the thinking was to go to IMDb TV. It may get picked up, though. I mean, I would imagine you'll see it later on CMT and that type of thing. Here is a clip uh, from the series. Uh, this is Caroline, Luke's, uh, Luke's wife, talking about the moment that she first saw Luke. The first night I met Luke was at a bar called Dingus in college. It was a Thursday night. I think it was my like first real night out in college. I saw this character sitting across the bar. All I could see was white teeth. <laughs> We're just in there doing our deal, just enjoying college. And I see this group of girls walk in, and obviously Caroline's one of them. And I mean, I was just like, who is that? I got to figure out a way to strike up a conversation, do something cheesy, or whatever. But he wouldn't come over and talk to me, so he sent a friend over. And we finally met, and I really honestly thought, like, what is this character? It was just like love at first sight, college magic. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Dingoes down in Statesboro, Georgia. Love that college magic. Where Luke and Caroline and Cole Swindell, so many country artists, went to uh, Georgia Southern. They've been together a long time. they got a great relationship. I'll include a link to the trailer in the letter this weekend as well. And I want you to, we're going to do a contest or something, Donna, where you watch the trailer. It's like two and a half minutes. And you count how many times Luke's mother, Mama LeClaire, is drinking a 12-ounce cold beer and smoking a Winston. Like a natty light. And the closest to the actual number of times you see Mama LeClaire doing both of those things in the trailer to the actual number wins something. What? Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, Luke, uh, he's everywhere right now in, in the current news cycle because of the show launching My Dirt Road Diary. Also, it broke this week that all of the idol judges have been re-signed. And that would include Luke Bryan. And he's on the cover of People this week. Talking about the TV show, of course. But he also rehashes um, all of the tragedies that, that, that have occurred in his life over the last 25 years. I don't think a lot of people know what that family's been through. What his mom's been through. What he's been through. It's, it's a lot. In 96, Luke's older brother was killed in an auto accident, a car wreck. He was 26. 2007, his older sister uh, died suddenly of, of, she was 39, I think, and it was natural causes. They still have not been able to determine how Kelly passed. Seven years later, her husband died of a heart attack, leaving three children uh, behind, and Luke and Caroline have helped to raise them. 
And uh, one of them, uh, gosh, his name. Till. Till. Is it Georgia? Yeah, And has Georgia. been there for two years, I think, as a student at uh, UGA. Yep. One's getting married. Um, one's working, graduated. Um, and then Till's at Georgia. And they have, they have selflessly raised these three kids. And let me tell you, uh, Caroline is very funny, but all props to her because, you know, Luke's on the road a lot and doing idol. And I mean, they've got two boys of their own, you know, and she raised these kids. And I'm talking about like, you want to talk about a tough time? Like, you know, they lost their mom and then they lost their dad, you know, and it's like the tragedies that this family has endured. Um, it's a lot. And, and Luke is a really positive person. If you've, if you've ever met him, he is exactly the way he is. That is not an act. Some country people is an act, as we've talked about before, but that's who Luke is. He's always smiling. He's always joking. He, he's a good guy. Uh, spot credit to pot peep Justin Culperson for this next hit. Uh, Justin lives in Rome, and he reached out to me on the voicemail text line for the podcast. 770-464-6024. And Justin's text said, basically, hey, um, Kanye's paying a million dollars a day to stay at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If you're listening on upload date, the second listening party is tonight at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for Donda. He says it's totally done, and it'll be available at midnight tonight. Now, he also said that two weeks ago. A million dollars a day. A day. So I sent Justin back a text. And I know that Justin works for uh, the largest company in the state of Georgia. World headquarters is based here. And I said, hey, did you, did someone, did you see this somewhere or... Did someone at a Big Red uh, that has connections to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, did they tell you? And he sent me back a screen grab. He just simply Googled it. <laughs> How much is Kanye paying to stay at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? And I thought, well, hell, Justin, we're going to put you on our staff. Why did Seriously, I crack reporting. The, the $1 million per day price tag is interesting when you find the source for this. Because anybody could have tweeted, Kanye West is paying $2 billion a day to stay at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and you would have gotten traction on this. And probably couple hundred followers. Karen Greer is a reporter here in the Atlanta market. Uh, she is at CBS 46 or CBS affiliate. And it, she, Karen's a great anchor and I've known her for years. She was the one that started this, um, the $1 million per day fee. And it's gotten so much traction uh, about it. And, and she, of course, says sources told me. You think it's true? Sources. I don't. That's a very high. That's number. high. That's a lot. That's He's been there for two weeks. That's $14 million to Again, we said this. Why would you just not go next door to the beautiful five-star Omni Hotel and Resort? Again, because he's Kanye. We're just going to keep talking about this. But a million dollars a day just seems a little pricey. Where do they slide the, what door do they slide the folio under at checkout? Or the square. Somebody with, with comes, somebody comes around every day with a square and they're like, it's time for your fees card. And, you yeah. know, what all is tacked resort on to the fees. Okay. $1 million per day price tag. Uh, a Garth Brooks update. Uh, Garth, we talked about this last episode. I had to cancel a stadium show at... Uh, the stadium in, in downtown Nashville over the weekend. It was Saturday night because of some severe storms and damaging winds. Um, we talked about the challenging logistics of finding a rescheduled date for everybody. And, and, and one of the biggest problems right now is the Titans, the NFL team for Nashville, they're getting ready to fire back up and they use that same stadium. Garth addressed all of this Monday in his weekly Facebook live stream that he does. And he basically said, listen, we're working on confirming the date, but it's not going to happen anytime soon, if at all. Here's why. This weekend, Garth plays Airhead Stadium in Kansas City. And he has told fans, and it's a sold-out show, he has told fans, um, wear your masks, mask up. Now, is it a mandate? It's not. Here's why. Although Kansas City has mandated masks for indoors, uh, Airhead's an outdoor stadium. 
so they don't necessarily have you don't have to wear them at Arrowhead Stadium. And Garth is uh, pleading with his fans that are coming to to please mask up. After Kansas City, he's got another show somewhere the next weekend, and after that, Garth has decided to hit pause mm. for three weeks, and they're going to see and sit back and watch and see what happens with the the, the all the variants that are uh, popping right now. And when he's talking about all this, is he talking in his third party? Of course he is. Just, listen to this. Listen to this. Garth, Garth thinks. Please. Garth says. He's the modern day P.T. Barnum. It's humbling to see people put this much faith in you as an artist. And it kills me to think I'm letting them down. Garth. Is that how he talks? No. No. Stop, Garth. He's going to do a vaccination clinic at the concert this weekend also. And there will be incentives to win seat upgrades for those who get stuck. Really? Yeah. Now, see, this is getting crazy. I mean, Kentucky gave away trucks at a million dollars. I've well, yeah. guns. Remember? He West Virginia's. Virginia. West yeah. Virginia gave away guns. He can give more. Um, but I think it's interesting. They, tickets for his Seattle Stadium concert, which is uh, scheduled as of today to be September 4th, were to go on sale this past uh, weekend. And they hit pause on that. And Gar said, listen, uh, we're not going to put them all on sale until we're not going to go forward until we know that this date is going to stick. Not going to do that to my fans and disappoint them. Well, I will say, I think Garth, it's, Garth didn't want to disappoint his fans. Garth didn't want to disappoint Garth's fans. But here's the thing. I think what we were talking about earlier, it's very tricky right now for these tours that are out there because they're out on the road. They've come back. They all went out on the road thinking, you know, we're in a good spot. We're in the clear. And here we are. You said last episode, Donna, that, that Russell Dickerson showed up at the Garth Brooks concert at uh, the big stadium in Nashville dressed as Garth Brooks. And I, I wanted to believe you. Yeah. I don't know that I did, though. Why? Why do you not know. believe me? I, because Russell, I don't know. He's goofy. He's a country artist. He's a goofy guy. He but, loves Garth. Well, clearly, because I found the photograph. And we're going to include it in the letter this weekend. So he's that you dressed can see. like him. He's dressed. I don't remember what album cover this was. For I know. Garth, but it's the it's the black and red checkerboard shirt. And he's got the big belt buckle. And he's there I with, told he, you. This is a photograph clearly in a suite with Thomas Rhett. That's Tyler Hubbard. Who's the guy next between Thomas uh, Rhett and... Miles Adcox. Who's that? He, like a, just a friend of theirs. Okay. Does some real, he does like um some speaking. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's who we need to like coach us on our, he's a motivational speaker. Yeah. On our speaking tour. Yes. That kicks off uh, next, uh, next Wednesday. Way too soon. Yeah. We need to get to work on that. Start playing. Wait, did soon. you just say next Wednesday? Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Uh, text left on red. Red is the color R-E-D, no spaces, left on red to the number 22828 to uh, subscribe to the letter absolutely free. And uh, we'll include that photograph of Russell Dickerson dressed as Garth Brooks. The headline in Variety on the Monday after the Luke Bryan sold-out concert stop in Nashville on Friday of last week is this. Post-rehab, Morgan Wallen does shots, sings, hits, and joining Luke Bryan for first major appearance since the scandal. There are pics, and Variety had them, and I've seen them on social media and other places, of Morgan Wallen on stage with Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, and again, Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line, who clearly just had a shaky weekend. And you heard his daughter at the top of the show talking about uh, Daddy. He had a big night out. Well, he was at both the Luke Bryan show Friday night and at Garth Saturday night. He was was drinking water at Garth, and he was making a big deal out of it. Yeah. But there are photographs of Morgan toasting with a shot glass in his hand on stage. You have heard me say on this podcast, work your program. Whatever program works for you, work your program. It got to work though. And you got to want it. It's got to be in your heart. It's got to be in your soul. I don't know what program Morgan Wallen is working. I don't. 
because and nor was I at the show and I didn't see it last weekend in Nashville. But we know from the interview that he did with Michael Strahan on GMA that he, he, he said, listen, during the period when I was not around after he dropped the N word back in February and it went viral and everybody lashed out and suspended him and fired him. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, we learned when he told us during that interview, Donna, that he went to rehab in, in California. Yeah. I just don't know that if they were going to toast the night with a shot, if they shouldn't have done this backstage beforehand or afterwards, as opposed to in front of 17,000 people at Bridgestone Arena. Let me also say that in that shot, I don't know what's in that shot glass. I don't. That that could be Hawaiian Punch. That could be um, uh, Sunny Delight. That could be water for all I know. But it's not a good look. Yeah, it's optics. optics. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't understand why his people, his team, would have ever allowed that to happen. Because regardless of what's in that shot glass, nobody's going to find, nobody's going to know what's in that shot glass. It's not like they came yeah. out and said, listen, it was, it was some Mayfield moo chocolate milk or something. It's, it's, well, and, I, and, I, and I don't know. probably most of the people in, in, in at the concert could care less. You know what I mean? They were like, they could care less because they're the same people who could care less that, that he was removed from radio. So I don't think anybody at the concert had a problem with it. The problem is, is when it makes it onto the, you know, the front cover of variety or it's a headline or it's it, because again, it is optics and, why you know i'm sure they wanted to toast him kind of being back but it's not a good look it's not a good look living room set sofa sectionals love seats recliners gallery furniture shop now and pay later ticket home today gallery furniture 1600 browns bridge road gainesville a locally owned small business for over three decades in the north atlanta area up in hall county donna's dad wolfman started gallery furniture 30 years ago they have two locations they still have the one in college park as well and uh, Marilyn, uh, as for Donna, rather, is still active every day. She goes back and forth from Gainesville to College Park, but she is in a store at least six, if not seven days a week. Yeah, I had someone taking care of customers. I had someone reach out to me the other day, and they're like, "Should we call before we go up there to make sure she's there and she can help?" She'll be there. You don't need to call. The only time she's not there is when she drives her sweet mom somewhere. So she um, she works because it's her business, and it was her daddy's business, and he passed it down to her. And the only way to guarantee that she can take care of customers the way he would have done it is for her to be in store. So she's there to help you. Um, She will help you pick things out. Her daughter, Marilyn is amazing at helping people. You know, when we did our event out there, I watched Marilyn work with like three or four different families. And, you know, some of them were like, I don't know if this is going to fit. And I mean, she just took a lot of time with each of them to it. it, She's not bothered by that. You know, some places you go into, it's almost like they're bothered to have customers in their store. Like, are we are we bothering you that we're coming in to spend a bunch of money on furniture? They're not like that. The minute you walk in the door, they're gonna be like, hey, how you doing? Welcome you in. And that's the way it should be. You're spending hard earned money. So spend it with people that want your money and that want to earn your business. 16,000 square foot showroom. Uh, They also have a warehouse next door. And if you find it on the showroom floor, back up back in and and i swear to god i've seen it so many times donna will hoist your catnapper (laughs) above her head and place it in the bed of your truck and then tie it down like a steer at the call county rodeo yeah i've seen it i'm telling you it's not going it's remarkable it's fascinating to watch donna tie down a a recliner on top of a, a honda civic recliners and 299 tons of bedding options to gallery furniture ask for the wolfman ask for donna and ask for Marilyn. Uh, several pot peeps we're going to run through. We're going to we're going to bump a good bit of this. We're running long. A twenty eight page run of show today, PT. Hmm. That gives people that gives the people something to look forward to. We'll, we'll talk about my mama and her pills in the next episode. There's a tease. Uh, Jenny Montgomery, hey Cadillac, 
the conversation about deworming reminded me of my friend who lived in Singapore for two years because of her husband's job. Pinworms are very common in Singapore because everything is imported. They sell the medicine in the drugstores and actually have pamphlets about pinworms for visitors. Nothing says welcome like a pamphlet about pinworms, right, Donna? No kidding. Her elementary age daughter actually got them while they were there living, and the whole family had to take the medicine. So Donna isn't crazy. Let's just read that again. Donna isn't crazy when she was talking about people having to deworm themselves. Love the show. Listen twice a week. Thank you, Jenny. But I'm telling you, that is not on my list to travel to, Singapore, because I don't want any of that. I mean, I do not want worms. I don't. Well, I mean, who does? Who woke up today saying, you know what? I really like get a case think, of the catch case of worms. But I don't think some people are as bothered by it. I don't want worms. I don't want it. Sky Camp is a pot peep for this episode. Tell Donna I was in Athens today, moving my daughter into the Zeta house. Yeah. And as I'm sitting at a red light, the car beside me turned left on red. I couldn't believe it, but I immediately thought of y'all, Sky Camp. Probably, are you on some composite photographs, you think? Yes. I mean, listen, the turning left on red, as you know, heavily endorse. Let's get it going again. I mean, fall's coming. Traffic's coming. You're sitting there. Why not Nothing's break the wall? coming. Take a left. Gas it and go, sisters and brothers. But what's more exciting about this is she's moving her daughter into the Zeta house. And I was a Zeta at Georgia. So, yeah, scan those composites. You need to find the ones with the 80s hair because that's me. What years were you there? Let's, we're not going there. Yeah, no. Button it up there. D Graham, a pot peep for this episode. D lives in Royston, Georgia. D was a server at the Buckboard Country Music Showcase in Smyrna for years. Uh, and she had this take on her friend Sandy Bennett that uh, passed, lost her battle with cancer in the past week. And we talked a lot about Sandy in the last episode. Uh, D writes, Sandy was always able to make me smile and laugh. I sure will miss her. She will be one of those angels with a crooked halo that says inappropriate things every now and then to make people like me feel comfortable when we get to heaven. That's very sweet. But it's so true. And Sandy would have la- would have cackled over that message because Sandy's halo was crooked. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't give a shit. Well, I mean, she, most she, of she's fine are. with that. Most know? of our halos are crooked. Well, but, no, but true. But I mean, I mean, literally, I mean, like her halo that she's wearing is crooked and she, yeah. she's not going to pin it down the right way because she just doesn't care. Right. That was Sandy. But D, very, very nice message. And I, pre- I appreciate so many people reaching out. It's, it's been a tough week. And, yeah. We uh, had some- listen, for the Bennett family, thousand times more than, yeah. than, than, than for us. Uh, but she was one of the most special people um, in my life. And uh, I'm better because she was in it. God bless you, Sandy Bennett. And then thank you, D, for listening. Audio for this episode of the My Second Act podcast from Tyler Hubbard on Instagram and IMDB TV. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode, though of the My Second Act podcast produced by Preston Thompson, host of the Georgia Politics podcast and the Drafted podcast. Both are produced through the Avon Podcast Network. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the Avon Podcast Network.